Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. We're joined this week with special guest Christopher Finley as we review the Sabbath School lesson titled Developing a Winning Attitude for Sabbath, August 29. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, so for Sabbath, August 29th, developing a winning attitude. And the, the memory text uh, is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, New King James Version. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know, developing a, w- a winning attitude with meekness and fear, getting ready to give a defense, right? Having a mindset of ready to answer someone about our hope in Jesus Christ. I think the word that operative word that comes to mind for me is the word readiness. Ah, yes. You know, uh, my, uh, uh, Michael, so we have uh, Chris here joining us. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't think of anyone who's more ready. I don't know. He, uh, one of <laughs> one of your one of your videos uh, on YouTube and on Facebook right now has over five thousand views of you going out and just canvassing everyone in the airport, in the parking lot, and everywhere. Right. And uh, I think of that readiness and, and, and with meekness and fear still with, with God. Amen, amen. And thank you so much for having me, uh, Pastor Swoops and uh, Pastor Campbell, Dr. Campbell. I'm so happy to be here. When you talk about readiness, it, I have a small testimony from this last week. Yeah, absolutely. I think this also, the scripture is saying knowing when to be ready. Yeah. Because we go out and we canvas. And, you know, I was canvassing in, in a parking lot and this one guy... He, he just started to go off on, you know, different things in Christian history and how the Bible is not real. Mm-hmm. And I started to pray to the Holy Spirit of what to say, because God promises us, Jesus promises us in the moment, the Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom. And the Holy Spirit told me to stay silent mm. where, and just listen mm-hmm. and to be there in love. And then there's other times when you know that there's people that are truly seeking for the wisdom of God. Mm, and yeah. then to then to then be able to give them testimonies and share with them how Jesus has transformed our life. So when it says ready there, I think when we look at the key word, it's it's knowing how to have wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit of when to share, when to teach, when to love, and to be ready for those moments. You know, Chris, you could be more correct there because we, we see here ready to give a defense. And we think, oh, this is apologetics. This means we go to army or we're, we're combating someone. No, giving it ready to give someone a defense of someone who's asking for reason of the hope that is in you. Yeah. So we're helping those who are seeking. We're not fighting those who don't believe. Amen. Right? Amen. And so there's a big difference there. I'm glad you, you brought that out. Uh, and speaking of that, receptivity to the to the gospel. Michael, that's uh, Sunday's lesson. Can you lead us out in that? Sure. You know, I was kind of thinking as you guys were talking about that, that one of the, the really important things, I mean, I think, I think our witness is sort of like driving, you know, that when we're ready and we're alert, that means sometimes we go fast and sometimes we go slow. And sometimes when there's a red light, we stop because if we don't follow those things, and I think the Holy Spirit gives us some wisdom and some principles and scripture here 
to make sure that when we actually reach out to somebody, it really is at the optimal moment. Because if we're not careful in our enthusiasm and eagerness, I, I'm remembering a, a recent flight I took and there was a lady next to me trying to witness. And uh, she's from another uh, church, another denomination. And so she found out I was an, an Adventist pastor. So she took that as a challenge. So the two of them were passing notes to each other. I could actually see it, you know, how to convert, trying to how to convert me. But, you know, really they were arguing. It wasn't, it wasn't actually a time when I would have been <laughs> open. You know what I mean? So we have to actually look and see, are these people really open? And so having that receptivity, I think that's really what this is talking about. There's a great story here. Uh, Christopher, take it away. Tell us um, John chapter four. Uh, would you read that passage? And then uh, tell us what this means for receptivity. All right, John four twenty seven to 30. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And then 39 to 42. Many Samaritans from the, that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said, they, yeah. they, one more verse, uh, yeah. sorry. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. What a great story. You know, um, you know, Samaritans, I mean, we could think of a lot of parallels today without actually calling anybody out, but and I think every culture, every group has a Samaritan group who are the ostracized, those who are left out, they're marginalized. And uh, here we have a description of Jesus. He doesn't leave anybody out. Amen. What a Amen. beautiful story. Um, so, uh, you know, Christopher, you've been call portering. You've been, for those that are listening that, that may not know what that is, that's just taking Christian literature and meeting people, sometimes door to door, sometimes uh, parking lots, like parking lots, airports, whatever, yeah. while you're traveling which is a little bit tricky to do right now, Christopher, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got the COVID-19, so we were praying for you and others that were doing this, but uh, finding that optimal moment. Did you find not only times to be quiet, but, but times when there was that optimal moment? Yes, yes. Um, by the grace of God, we were able to go out this summer and to share the, the gospel and just the receptivity of everyone and we have to keep an open mind and an open heart when it comes to being a canvasser mm -hmm. to not judging anybody right. by where they're from or their culture because all people are open to the gospel we you'd be surprised everywhere we go all races all walks of life yeah. they're open but we must do it in love yeah that yeah. is the key just going out in love and and having the love of Jesus in our eyes and our smile, like usually we don't have mask on, right. so they you will get see to better. see us smile. Right. But now we have to do something where you smile with your eyes, mm. because that's all they can see, and they have to see that look in your eyes that you're looking at them with love. And mm. I'm and and this is 
this is a, exemplified by Christ when he dealt with the Samaritans because I'm, I'm pretty sure they could see that love in Christ's eyes. And that's what just motivated that Samaritan woman to go out like a disciple for Christ and tell all those people in her circle of influence that, hey, this is the Messiah. Yeah. You know, speaking of receptivity, this reminds me of a student this past semester, Michael, you and I know her. She was uh, recently converted to, to Adventism. Mm -hmm. And her family is not. And her, yeah. her dad was very starkly against this. He says, I don't want you following this religion. Mm. He says, you're just listening to their stories and you're believing them. And she told him, she said, no, dad, I know Jesus for myself. And I believe everything mm. in the Bible that he has said. And I know this because Jesus has told me. Amen. Wow. And Amen. her dad, actually with his wife, actually started reading the Bible for himself. Mm. And he is now studying. He's like, you're right. There's some things in history that Christianity and the Bible are matching up with. Wow. He says, I'm amazed. And it's all because of her testimony, her receptivity to the gospel. Amen. Wow. You know, that receptivity just comes about through the Holy Spirit. It's Amen. not something that can be contrived or forced. Uh, Swoops, you and I were uh, just interviewing. For those of you that are listening, you want to check out our live episodes each Sabbath. We're kind of restarting those up, starting with today. Uh, uh, we're recording, actually recording one week ahead, so that would be for August 22. If you go to our Sabbath School Rescue Facebook group, we've got a really cool interview with Mark Finley where he shares a similar story about receptivity. So, yes, he does. A little does. teaser there. Go check that out sometime. And uh, and then kind of the last part of this lesson on, on Monday is Acts chapter 8, and where it talks about Philip going and, and preaching to Samaria. So Jesus goes and visits and converse this woman here later on we have kind of the after story what happens next and here we have the story of where that visit by jesus had prepared many more believers who then when philip goes to proclaim the gospel in that place builds up the early christian church in that region and there were many converts as a result so it's just an incredible testimony uh receptivity sometimes there isn't always instantaneous success i I know sometimes we, we want that, that instant. Yeah, we do. Uh, but, but God doesn't force people. He gives people time, and sometimes that means allowing people to be able to, to, to let the Holy Spirit work in their hearts and their lives to, to bring about uh, what's going to happen. So um, I see we're going next to attitude adjustment. What, what happens with our attitudes, Buster? Well, you know, we, we, we are go jumping from the woman at the well, and yeah. now we're jumping to a woman who's yeah. a who's actually a, a, a Canaanite woman. Mm. And she comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Yeah. And Jesus uses this as an object lesson. He says, go away from me. He's like, he's like, you know, he talks about do dogs and crumbs and all these different things. So the disciples are saying, what's going on here? Yeah. But she continues pleading with the master. Mm -hmm. And this is where he comes in and he says in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 15, mm -hmm. then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is her faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Wow. And so she did not give up pleading. And Jesus knew that. And the disciples saw it. And they saw that Jesus was with a Gentile woman once again. But they took care of her. Yeah. And uh, it's an attitude adjustment not only for this Canaanite woman, but also for the disciples saying, yeah. don't forget, everyone deserves the gospel. Everyone needs the gospel. Yeah, I love it. And uh, just the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you. I, I was just thinking, you know, um, sometimes uh, God has a way of surprising us as to who exactly 
is ready and and may not be ready. Yeah, yeah. Some people we want to be ready, they're not. Some people were questioning, why are you ready? They are, right? Yeah. And it's not up to us. The Holy Spirit is prompting these people. We need yeah. to move forward wherever the God is leading. Yeah. So, Chris, you have a, nu- a story of another woman found in uh, Mark chapter 14, 6 through 9. And we're going to compare these two stories. Yes, Mark 14, 6. But Jesus says, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you and went Whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Amen. So we see this Canaanite woman, and then we find Mary Magdalene, uh, as well, was, was rumored to be her. Right, you know, not rumored to be her. It, it is her, and she's coming, and she gets this uh, costly uh, ointment on his feet. And that's when Judas speaks up and says, hey, this is, this could be given to the poor. You know how much this is worth? It's a year and a half's worth of wages. And Jesus says, no, don't, don't you recognize? I see what she's doing. I recognize it. And so, once again, Jesus is giving the disciples uh, an attitude adjustment. Recognize people for what they have to give. Sometimes we look at people and say, you know, why are they driving that? Why are they doing this? Don't worry about that. Worry about what what you're doing and worry about how can we get the gospel to those people. Uh, Everyone, once again, deserves the gospel. Yeah, I I love this because uh, this is exactly where we're kind of heading in with Tuesday's lesson. Yes, it is. About presenting the truth in love. So not only is there these story, these two different women going how Jesus worked with them individually differently, but how we go about that. There's a fundamental biblical principle for how we share our faith, and that is that we have to do it in love. And so I've got this passage here, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 and 4, and the first two verses are basically just a greeting, grace and peace, uh, by the Apostle Paul. And he gets to verse 3. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. Mm. And we proudly tell you, tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. All right, Michael, I just have a pause here real quick. Can this be written about all of our churches? Well, it, yeah, hopefully, that, right? We, that's, we want that's it to the be. desire. But, I mean, honestly, probably not. No. Uh, and I'm, I'm just thinking last night I saw a post from a cl- classmate from college who posted something about his sister had left the church for a long time, got tattoos, yeah, and then came back to church. And then uh, some people were kind of making fun of her, going back to church and rubbing it and stuff like that. I mean, calling attention, embarrassing her. Lord First time us. back to church in a long time. And I felt, I shuddered when I saw that social media post. Like, um, you know, here was the Holy Spirit working in her heart. She wants to start coming back to church. And she's already being condemned right there on the spot. And unfortunately, I mean, there's lots of stories like that. But just because bad things have happened doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive uh, for what Jesus is appealing for us. And it's not, a, it's not rocket science why some churches grow and some die. Yeah, it's true. Those that are following these principles of love and, and what, the way this church is described, it's no wonder this early church in Thessalonica was growing. Yes, it's true. And we need to be like that. 
Um, there's a scripture that has that the Holy Spirit has been using to tug at my heart. Yeah. And it's Isaiah 42, and it says, "I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you." Yeah. And that is like what such a beautiful way that God does for us. He calls us to righteousness, but He holds us by the hand. Yeah. And if we could just hold those we're trying to minister to by the hand yeah and, and, and just know that like they need love and patience yeah what a difference that we can make yeah you know and i think the the story of the samaritan woman and all these different stories you know the holy spirit is there's a principle here of love but also of patience not forcing people i'll tell you just a really quick story when my mom and i came into the church and so i was really gung-ho i was excited about truth and the adventist message and we had an evangelist come, and he did a series, so we were coming and started inviting my dad to come. Okay. And so we were excited. He started attending some of the meetings, and then about halfway through, the evangelist came to our house and said, if you don't make a decision tonight, basically you're going to go to hell. Oh, wow. And my dad did not appreciate that. Actually, it was a setback. And so he said, okay, he stopped right there. No more. He said, I'm, I'm not ready for those kind of pressure tactics. He's a businessman. He knew oh, exactly yeah, he what he was doing. And uh, it actually sent him back a couple of years. It was another two, three years before he really became interested and got over that episode. So um, how we do it, you know, pressure tactics, these kinds of artificial things that we tend to use to try to get, you know, I mean, that's just the reality of the world we live in. You know, we try to get people to buy our product, all those kinds of things. That's antithetical to the gospel. You know, uh, one thing I want to share with the, the, the folks that are listening here, I might not be able to help exactly what my entire church is doing. Yeah. But if we all take responsibility and say, I will be the one that will be loving. Ooh, it doesn't matter like what it. everyone else is doing. Yeah. Lord, help me to be the one that's loving. Help yeah. me to be the person that sees the person that's being made fun of with the mm -hmm. tattoos. Yeah. Help me to go next to them and put my arm around them and say, don't listen to them. Jesus loves you. Yeah. Help help me to be that person, right? Amen. That's the responsibility change, of all of us. Change starts with me. Amen. 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 And, and here's the principle. Love, 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 love. The more that we love people into the church. And by the way, there's a lot of scared people out there in the world today. You know, the COVID-19 and everything else. And, and, you know, this is my little soapbox. But, you know, some people are like, oh, church has stopped, you know, because we're not physically meeting. But it doesn't mean we stop one bit because right now more than ever, people need hope. They need to know that they are loved and cared for. Amen. And those people are all around us. And so ministry never ceases. Amen. You know, I, I think this is a perfect segue into the next two verses that we have found on Wednesday's lesson, the foundation of acceptance, which is that truth and love. But uh, the apostle describes it perfectly here to, here to the church in Rome. Romans 15, verse 7. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. You know, this, this is just summarizing everything we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Receive one another. Yeah. Take in one another. And, and, and presenting them to the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, Chris, he has, a, he has a, a, another text here that goes along with this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. You're going to love this one, Pastor Swoops. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Ooh, ouch. Right there, right to the heart. M Michael, t tell us real quick about, about the church that, oh, <laughs> hopefully they're not listening, but <laughs> the church that split up over an interesting item. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's far away, and I, I think those people are actually deceased. I think I can tell the story okay, safely. Okay, we're good then. So. All right. But, yeah, there was a, a small little church in a rural part of America, and there were two ladies, and they hated each other. They really didn't get along. And this one lady brought a pot of soup to church and uh, left it there for potluck and then went upstairs to the worship service, and that soup, that pot of soup, burned. And so they got back down, and of course there was animosity because, oh, she thought she did it on purpose, and the other lady said, well, no, I didn't. And so those hard feelings became tangible, and pretty soon the whole church was split over a, a, a pot of soup. Can you imagine? <laughs> a pot of soup. And, and today in that community, there are two Adventist churches because everybody took sides, and they actually split into two churches all over a burnt pot of soup. So if you're in the rural part of this country, look for burnt soup SDA church. And you'll right? <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, yeah. the thing that's supposed to be uniting us yeah. is the love of Christ. Yeah. Actually, if we don't have it in our hearts, it will actually separate us. It will. We have to have it for ourselves so we can share it. But how can I share something I don't have? Yeah. And, and part of one of the amazing things about the gospel is the power of forgiveness. That there are people mm. out there that have wronged us. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, we probably would have to admit that we've wronged others too. And that there's something that about the gospel message that allows us to say those really hard so words. Um, I'm sorry. You know, I made I, a mistake. I messed up. I have to bring this up. We have a, a young man here with us, Chris Finley, who we've actually seen the change in you. Yeah. The love of Christ has come over you. And I, I see that because of the patience that you have for people now. At one point in time, I can, you, you can, I, I can be honest about this. You, you didn't always have that. But I can see not, the love of Christ. Not even a lot of patience for a new prof that came to campus, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet, Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, as I see you working with these young people in canvassing, but also in classes and everything else, yeah. you still uphold the principles yourself. But you do a wonderful job of sharing the love of God and, and forgiving people. Praise God. Praise yeah. God. And it, and, and it goes back to this verse where it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And what happens is, I believe when we first get become converted, yeah. and then you you came from, I came from the world, and I'm like, Yes, I'm here for Jesus. Let's go. And everything all for Jesus. And then you start on that walk, and you're on fire, and then you look around, and some people may be on other journeys, other parts of their journey, and you're like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? <laughs> but then what happens is, as you go through your walk, you go through times of your life that's very difficult, where you have your good days, then you have your not-so-good days. Yeah. And then you have your days where, where even after you see the blessing in the hand of God over your life, you're not always obedient to Him. And then you see that he continues to take care of you. He continues to bless you because he's always good. Yeah. And that breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. That breaks that stony heart. And, and then you start to have a heart of flesh that beats, that knows that, like, I have to rely on God. And then when it does is it makes you look at others and say, hey, they're just on a journey just like myself. Yeah. I need to be forgiven for them. I need to be loving towards them because they need Jesus just as much as I do. And I feel like that's the transformation that Jesus has made in my life to know that I'm on a journey just like everybody else's. Yeah, and, yeah. and the end goal well, is just heaven. So we all need each other and we're going to lift each other up to get to heaven. Oh, well, you yeah. know what? We're talking about getting to heaven, which is the only way to get there is through Jesus. Uh -huh. And so Amen. how can we present the truth in a loving way, which is Thursday's lesson? Yeah, great segue because, I mean, I think it's just more of the same thing that um, as we grow and mature, 
uh, all of us, students, teachers, I mean, we're all in this together, right? Mm -hmm. We're maturing, growing. Mm -hmm. I, I keep learning stuff oh, all the time. Every day. And, uh, you know, and this is, and I think there's an authenticity if we're really in, in, in being in the way that we do that. When God's love is so captivated our hearts that then people, uh, then the way we want to do it, instead of pressuring and forcing people, we lovingly invite them. And if we have something that they want, then it's almost like it's contagious. And, and this is a, you know, COVID-19, we don't want to share that. No. You, know, you got that? Keep it to yourself, please, right? Please. Be selfish. But, but this is something that people say, hey, I don't know how you're living differently, but whatever it is, I want what you have. First Peter 3.15, uh, if you can read that for us, Christopher. Yeah, it's, it's the same as our, our memory text, too. Yeah. Okay. So First Peter 3.15 is, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. You know, uh, I, I shared this earlier, Michael, but that word defense is uh, apologia, which is where we get our yeah. apologetics from. Uh -huh. And a lot of people have taken that word apologetics to mean this is people we just go to it debate with. It's, <laughs> it's for debating only, but no. Yeah. Apologetics is meant to actually win people to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And if you're not doing it for that, then why are you doing it? Amen. Right? Yeah. It's not yeah. to prove that we're right. It's to show <laughs> that Jesus is always right. Well, it's interesting. I've been reading this book this last week about uh, Jesus and John Wayne. Yes. And very interesting how sometimes the gospel has been co-opted by our own politics, our own views of society, even uh, militancy, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And, you know, John Wayne, he, he wasn't a Christian. No. But somehow people have equated that kind of muscular Christianity of forcing of... Uh, and Jesus wasn't that. He was the meek and mild Savior that went and ministered to people. He didn't shoot them at the hip with the gun, you know. And yeah. I, I think that's a really important distinction here. Yeah. Uh, the gospel uh, is, is lovingly presented... Uh, the truth is lovingly presented, and how we go about doing that is really important. It kind of also dovetails a little bit with Second um, Timothy four verse, uh, chapter four verse two, talks about preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. And then here I think is the important part for our lesson this week: patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's hard to do. It is. It, it really is. is. It, you know, to be patient. And, and that means, um, and when you correct, when you're a parent, you can probably empathize with this, Buster, and, and uh, Christopher, this is in your future, I hope. Uh, <laughs> Got to get married first, but you know, uh, but at the appropriate time. But when you have a child, you don't just whack them over all the time. You have to no. persuade them and, and work with them gradually as you try to train them. And it doesn't mean you constantly rebuke. Sometimes you have to look at different, different ways to help work with your child, at, depending on their age and the appropriate way to win them over. And again, so much of that is done in love. And when they know that you love them, even when you have to rebuke them, there may be tears at the moment, but it's for a greater purpose. And isn't that exactly what Christ does for us? Amen. Does mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've uh, pretty much um, gone through the lesson for this week. Um, I don't know, any final thoughts? Uh, you know, uh, I think we covered it all as well. I'm, I'm just encouraged because I realize the great responsibility of making sure I take love out there to everyone I come in contact with, including those especially who are closest to us. Yeah. 
You know, isn't that the truth, though, that sometimes the those people that are closest are the hardest to win over? Because they see our warts, they see all of the 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 you know not so pretty moments yeah please well. please don't ask Lauren or my kids my faults please yes yeah, same thing with my family <laughs> <laughs> because you know I I'm still growing as well and uh, God still hasn't given up with me but it's that daily surrender to Jesus Lord I need you in my life today help me to grow closer to you help me to become more loving today in those that I interact with Amen Amen Chris do you have anything any final words Uh yeah just um. Just as far as this lesson, I feel like this is so much needed for right now mm -hmm. because with everything we're going on with COVID-19, mm -hmm. we, we wonder how can we uh, finish the work and go out there and share the share the gospel. And it is rooted in this. This is the secret, the love, you know, because where logic fails, love opens the heart because we can argue back and forth. And like you said about apologetics, sometimes we try to use that word and use that to say, all right, I'm going to argue. But I believe true apologetics is knowing how to love. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Love, Amen. love opens the way. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think that puts a wrap for this week. So uh, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing Amen. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.